Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, we said we were going to talk about Tucker, and since we said that, the story's been developing and getting kind of juicy. There's a lot of powerful interest on both sides. There's people trying to destroy Tucker. There's uh, there's other people clamoring for his, um, I don't know, his personality, his truth-telling, his fearlessness in the media. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot going on, a lot swirling around him. And it's still not clear as to what he's going to be doing. But um, it's interesting how people are talking about this guy. I mean, I, I think now uh, I've had a, a few days to ruminate on it a little bit. And I really think that he's basically a threat to Fox now that he's gone. And Fox is trying to permanently tarnish him. Uh, they've somehow let media media matters in to do kind of um, oh release some videos and uh, that are kind of hot mic videos where he says some I mean to me he didn't even say anything that bad but um, you know they're trying to smear the guy they're trying to get him uh, blacklisted from the media and um, I just think it's interesting because you got. Uh, on Megyn Kelly's show, you got uh, Patrick uh, David Bett, who runs an organization called Valuetainment, um, VTT. And you're going to see in a minute, or you're going to hear in a minute, he offers on the air, on Megyn Kelly's show, offers Tucker $100 million over five years, and he gets to be president of the uh, entertainment arm of the business and a board seat and he gets to produce anything he wants <laughs> so i mean I, I don't know i mean that would be a hard uh offer to turn down i would think but maybe he's got some better things there uh there's some uh, there's some stuff going around about newsmax um which is really the threat that's probably the bigger threat to fox uh, because Tucker could appear live there and take away um, take away their eight o'clock slot. Um, but anyway, there's there's definitely an attempt to cancel Tucker Carlson, and I think it's going to be a failed attempt ultimately. I mean, I just don't think the guy the guy he's really and you know look I like watching Tucker Carlson. I don't agree with everything he says. Um, he's not a libertarian. He makes fun of libertarians a lot. So I don't particularly like that. I don't like the fact that he talks about democracy in favorable terms. Uh, democracy is just mob rule, basically. And, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about him. But for somebody on TV, he's telling the truth about a lot of things. He's exposing uh, our government in a lot of um, uncomfortable and embarrassing scenarios. He's 
against these crazy wars, which I think is probably the single most important thing. And, you know, I just think he's, I just think he's a trailblazer, basically. He's, he's not in the tank for the Republicans. He despises the Democrats. I mean, the guy is, is his own guy. And I think it shows in, in the product that he produces. So I'm very excited to see where Tucker Carlson goes. Uh, I'm sure I will be watching him and playing um, some of his uh, uh, reporting. Um, again, to me, the most important thing is he's exposing things that are, uh, I think, undermining um, the country in, in a very big way. And, uh, I don't see anybody else doing it. I don't see anybody else with on TV anyway, there's other people doing it, but they're on podcasts or they're on radio or whatever. They, they don't, they're not capturing as many eyeballs as Tucker Carlson does every night. So I'm going to jump into this CNN deal first and comment on what they're talking about because they're, basically reporting on the cancellation you know they're 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 talking about this new york times article and uh the media matters hit hit piece or whatever and they're in the camp of hey let's cancel tucker carlson of course he's a threat to cnn wherever he shows up he's going to take eyeballs away from cnn there's no doubt about that so let's jump into that um that uh, cnn piece and then we'll switch over to Megyn Kelly. We're learning what Tucker Carlson texted that was so worrisome to Fox executives and the board that it reportedly contributed to his firing. The New York Times reported on the message, which was sent on January 7, 2021, obviously a pivotal day right after the insurrection, just hours after those riots at the Capitol. And he was talking about a video he saw of Trump supporters beating up, in his words, an Antifa kid. It was redacted in the Dominion lawsuit court filings, but here's what part of the time says is behind that big black box at the bottom, right, of those filings. A quote from Tucker's text, it read, quote, it was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be." Close quote. The Times was only able to unveil the contents of that text through interviews with people who spoke on the condition of anonymity. CNN reached out for comment. Fox declined. Carlson did not immediately respond. Oh my gosh, that was such a horrible thing to write. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, if Fox, I, see, I don't believe Fox fired him because of this text. Um, I think they were just looking for a reason to fire Tucker. Um, Tucker had written some emails to colleagues within Fox that basically were damaging to Fox's case against Dominion. These emails said things like, "Hey, you guys gotta gotta quit talking about, quit reporting." on this Dominion stuff. It's, it's a bunch of BS and, you know, you need to stop. And of course these emails, you know, anytime you get sued, all the emails come out, right? So, uh, I think that is the real problem for Fox and they had to, uh, 
you know, sign a big check for like $780 million. And that's why they fired Tucker, I think. This, this text that they're talking about, and, and apparently the, all the hubbub is about what he said about that's not how white men fight. I don't even know what that means, but okay, that's an opinion. Um, it doesn't really matter um, in the overall scheme of things. But then he does, you know, he's kind of reflective here about the way he feels about what he's seeing. And look, anybody that watched the riots on January 6th were, nobody was rooting that on, you know, nobody was. Uh, the the violent stuff was was not something anybody wanted to see and nobody was cheering that on and and most people that saw it had you know kind of mixed feelings about it like in in some ways they're they're you know glad somebody's you know out there marching around uh, on behalf of uh, President Trump and and the shenanigans that took place during the election. And then on the other hand, you see people breaking out windows in the Capitol and you're just, that, you know, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So there's a lot of mixed emotions that people had about what happened on January 6th. And and he's basically, you know, battling with that in that text. So I don't, I don't see what the big deal is. But we're going to let CNN talk about what they think the big deal is. And then I want to play a little bit from an MSNBC uh, segment where this professor starts, I mean, he sees all kinds of analysis in this text that Tucker sent. And I just thought it was kind of interesting and bizarre. So I wanted to play that. But for this text message being revealed to the, to the board and Fox executives the night before the trial was supposed to begin, would there have been a trial and no settlement? Uh, I still, they were definitely working toward a settlement. And we were told that over the weekend, uh, Lachlan Murdoch, one of the leaders of the company, had told his lawyers, let's start moving up on the number to get out of this anyway. I mean, that trial was going to be potentially disastrous on so many levels. So, but here again, you see, when it comes to Tucker Carlson, Mm -hmm. the issue here is that he's, he's playing an outsized role in terms of problems in the case for them, when he's really not a huge part of the case. And that represents the trouble with Tucker Carlson to management at this point, among other things. Yeah, so this is what I was talking about earlier. Tucker's really not a part of the case. There's nothing. He wasn't really reporting on on all this stuff. Um, even though, you know, they, they kind of tied his name to it. He really wasn't reporting on Dominion. I mean, what he did was he was telling colleagues, hey, knock it off. And this is damaging potentially to the case. Now, what they... What they've done is they've they've dug up this other thing, this other text that we talked about earlier, and it really, to me, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with the case. What does that have to do with anything? So, the the attempt to tie this text where he talks about, well, that's not how white men fight, to try to tie that to the Dominion case, and say that that was going to be potentially damaging. That that just doesn't square. I mean, you can't you can't really square that circle. Um, what what's more likely here is is all the internal 
communication that was happening between Tucker and executives about his opinion that that other Fox anchors should knock it off. They should quit talking about um, all this Dominion voting system stuff. And that's what was damaging to the case. Um, the reason they brought this one up, the reason they brought the whole white men don't fight like that, and you're fixing to hear just a, a crazy opinion from an MSNBC host, uh, a guy named Eddie Glaude, who's... Um, uh, chairman of some department at Princeton for African-American studies, you're going to, I mean, what a bunch of gobbledygook comes out of that guy's mouth. I can't wait to play that. But yeah, so this is, this is really what you're, what you're really seeing here is a hit job. I mean, they are trying to damage Tucker because they don't want to compete with him in the marketplace of news. They're like, man, we cannot let that guy get on the air. You know, he's going to kill us. And what I mean by killing, kill them is he's going to kill them on the ratings uh, front because Tucker's very, he's perceived as honest and fearful and it's the old finger. He's given the, the establishment the finger, just like Trump. Now he doesn't like Trump, but that's what people, uh, that's what they want. They want somebody that's going to push back on all this craziness. And Tucker Carlson is that guy. You write a lot about the right wing, the rise of right wing populism online. So we'll get to the book in a minute. But wow, this Tucker text. Do you think that's why this scene didn't go to trial? I mean, this was the thing that I think every reporter was trying to get. And kudos to the Times for figuring it out. And, you know, the thing with a lot of the reasons people say that Tucker Carlson was fired, I think that there are a lot of viewers who would not be totally shocked to see him say something that racist. But... Fox had been somehow in their own minds, I guess, holding up this line that, that you know, all these allegations of racism against Tucker and against Fox were totally false. And I do think this line about this is how white people, white men fight was, was probably may have been the last straw for them there, made it harder to pretend anything else. The rest of the text is very dark and reflective, but I think less likely to be the thing that triggered his firing. So, look, there's, there's a framing of, of the uh, narrative going on here. Um, these people that are on CNN are framing this story that this text is the reason Tucker had to get fired. Because he's a racist. I mean, that's the framing. Because he said, white men don't fight like that. And then he kind of went on to say, he was kind of struggling internally with his the way he feel the way he felt about it and um, felt like that was dark and he didn't want to go there. I mean, you know, look, that's not why he was fired. <laughs> this this part I wouldn't be surprised if he was fired first and then they found this email to kind of hang around his neck. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case at all because. Ultimately, what they're trying to do is they're trying to sideline Tucker. They're trying to cancel him. Uh, this is the cancel culture at work. Um, Rupert Murdoch and his people at Fox know that they're going to take a hit on ratings, and they're trying to figure out a way to sideline Tucker. So they leak, you know, these stories about uh, Tucker Carlson. They they leak some hot mic stuff to Media Matters, who's more than happy to put it on air. 
And what they're trying to do is destroy Tucker. But what you're going to find out in a second, as soon as I get to this Megyn Kelly interview, is none of this is landing on Tucker. And again, just like things are not landing on Trump, okay? The, it's not that people like Trump. It's not that he's a likable person. It's that they're willing, that he's willing to stand up for them and to stick a big middle finger out there on camera in the face of the swamp, uh, the, the permanent Washington class. That's what people want. People want the government throttled way back. And what they see is they see Trump as part of that. They see Tucker's fearless reporting as part of that. They see, uh, they see heroes, not because they're likable people or anything like that, but because they're fearless, because they're willing to take on the establishment. And this is a, and these people know this. Rupert Murdoch knows this. These other people know this. And so they can't have that. They just can't have that. that that's going to launch Trump or somebody worse into office. And um, they got to put a stop to it. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's really not about racism. This is, this is just what they do when they try to get rid of you. They make you a racist. Uh, they make you a misogynist. You know, there's apparently he commented about some woman as being yummy. You know, there's no context, so we don't know who he was talking about. But this is just how they do it. It's a, an attempted character assassination, or a you know a disappear from the internet, or in this case, disappear from network news. So I understand that you've got some breaking news about Tucker Carlson. Tell us what it is. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, we were about to make the announcement after your live show. I was going to tweet it out, but I said, you know what? Let me just make this announcement here. Here's what our offer is. We're willing to make a on record. I'll be tweeting this right after I'm done here. Uh, and it'll be on Twitter. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on all over the place. A hundred million dollar five-year offer, equity position in the company, a president position, and a board seat to make decisions on what we want to do with docs, movies, specials, any other shows, and whatever else he wants to talk about. Podcast, show, all of it on OTT. But that is an offer we're making to Tucker. Tucker knows how to get a hold of me. And uh, we feel uh, he's a once-in-a-generation type of a voice. And we would love to have him be here with Valuetainment. We may not be the biggest. Obviously, there's a lot of bigger names out there. Uh, but if you want to team up with somebody that's got the vision in place, the cause in place, and it's a true believer on how great of a country America is that is worth fighting for. And the fight is a real fight because the enemy is real. We feel we're the right fit uh, to partner with somebody like Tucker Carlson. So you are the that's first place amazing. I'm making this offer. So that's, uh, that's one heck of an offer. $100 million, an equity position in the company, uh, the role of president, uh, a seat on the board to make sure that his vision is carried out, uh, what he wants to produce, uh, and what type of media, uh, whether it be podcast or live TV or whatever. And uh, that's a pretty good offer. So, yeah, you know, I guess we'll wait and see what Tucker's going to do. He's, he's, his phone's probably ringing all day, every day right now. But uh, this guy, you know, I don't know much about this guy. His name's uh, Patrick Bet David. I think I said it wrong earlier, but um, he's a 
Iranian immigrant. I mean, there's a point in here where you should go listen to the, the whole interview, but there's a point in here where he was uh, uh, living in Germany, like in a refugee camp for two years. I mean, guy had a rough life and then uh, joined the military here in the U.S. and uh, went out, you know, made his own way and now is a wealthy guy and can afford to pay Tucker Carlson $100 million to uh, head up his news organization. So uh, the company's called Valuetainment. Uh, he called it VTT. I'm not sure. Or OT, I heard him call it two things, like VTT and OTT. So um, I guess that's uh, maybe their cable uh, name or something. But uh, anyway, it's a hell of an offer. Uh, but yeah, the voice, he talks about Tucker's voice. And we talked a little bit about that earlier. This this His voice is basically one of of uh, speaking truth to power. You know, you hear Democrats talk about that all the time, but they don't really speak truth to power. They're whispering uh, with power over in the corner about how to fleece you most of the time. <laughs> That's what Democrats are doing. So, and, and Republicans too, by the way. Republicans are just as bad. So, um, but Tucker's voice is unique, definitely. Uh, like I said, people... People see that. Not everybody. Not everybody sees it. Some people say he's a white supremacist and a liar. And, you know, you hear this, these reports about Fox lies and all this kind of stuff. But, um, um, I mean, look, you know, they withheld footage of Jacob Chansley walking around peacefully in the Capitol. And after Tucker showed that, they immediately started to let him go started the procedure to let him out. Uh, he was serving a four-year sentence. So obviously he has a lot of power in the, in the news space, and uh, this guy uh, recognizes it and wants him on his, uh, wants him on his payroll. No, you, you can't muzzle a guy like that. No, no, Tuck, Tuck, when you have a voice like that, you, you have to let that man free because he's not going based... At this phase of his life, he's already made the money. He, he does whatever he wants to do. He can go hunting, spend time with his family, do, you know, go to Maine, be in Florida, do this, do that. Everything from here on, when a break like this is taken, it has to be all about the cause. And as a person who's been to 40-plus countries worldwide, I have lived in very weird places worldwide. I have been very poor, a welfare kid on lunch ticket, and I've had the fortune of making money. There are certain people you have to let them loose, and this is the kind of guy that you need to let them loose. When he when he makes a mistake, he went on, uh, uh, I think it was Nelk Boys. He was on the Full Send podcast, and he said, look, here's where I was wrong. Here's where I was this. There's a reason why he's number one and people follow what he has to say. It's not because he's perfect. It's not because he pe presents himself as the person that knows everything, but he's not willing to back down. He will fight, and it's very hard to find fighters nowadays. That's exactly right. This is the key. This is why Tucker is going to land on his feet and he's wherever he goes, he's going to end up destroying Fox. Um, Fox is no longer going to be um, the king of the hill. Uh, whoever Tucker goes and works for will be. But, you know, what this guy's talking about, the reason I like this, this clip is he's also talking about Trump. He's talking about a fighter. He's talking about people who will stand up for principle. You know, they're not going to just lay down because they would rather have the money. There's something within the fiber of their body 
the fiber of their being that just will not let them do that. And Tucker's one of those guys, just like Trump is one of those guys. Now, it remains to be seen if Ron DeSantis is one of those guys. I'm not so sure he is. I'm not so sure there's quite anybody like Trump who will just sit there and give the finger to everybody in the establishment. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what they say. He doesn't care what chick they dig up that he screwed and, you know, splash it on. They, he doesn't care about any of that. Um, he, he Apparently, he does care about people. People seem to have these stories about Trump where he does all these kind of secret stuff to give them money or to help them out. Um, but the most important thing about Trump is he's willing to say F you to the establishment. And so is Tucker Carlson. And these guys, and oddly enough, they don't even like each other. They like Tucker doesn't even like Trump. And I think Trump probably respects Tucker. But what's interesting is they're more alike than either one of them probably see. Now, Pat, I, I'm not sure you're aware of the Media Matters videos that have just dropped on. And perhaps you'd like to update yourself before you extend this uh, offer on the quote, quote, per Media uh, Matters, creepy videos that someone, Irina, um, may have obtained of Tucker <laughs> and miraculously released just today, showing him referring to someone he's never met as yummy, which he makes clear as a joke, having a discussion with Piers Morgan about whether they're going to discuss sex on the air, and if so, how that's going to go, and another video in which he refers to his postmenopausal fans. Are you recoiling? Are you ready to cut ties? Are you ready to no. withdraw the offer? We're not signing somebody that's perfect. We're not expecting perfection. That's never been our standard. Our standard's been progress. And uh, if, you, if you look at history, for the people that had the guts to fight for freedom, they were never perfect. So if you're expecting for a perfect person to show up, good luck to you. You're going you're gonna to have to go to many different places to find it. No, we like his fight. We like what he stands for. I don't have a problem with how he is, you know, behind closed doors. Again, we're not expecting somebody to be perfect. Neither are Americans, by the way. Americans don't expect the president to be perfect. They don't expect their cable news host to be perfect. And the reason they don't expect that is because they know they're not perfect. Uh, but what they do want is they expect the truth. They expect to be informed. They, they expect not to be lied to, okay? And, uh, and that's not, you know, if you're in the news business, that's not a lot to ask, really. Uh, and so this guy, this guy, I think, is a smart guy. I think he's going to capture Tucker. We'll see, though. All right, next thing I want to do is move on to this guy, Eddie, Eddie Glaude, uh, who's a, a department head at Princeton for African-American Studies. And I just want to play it because it's just so over-the-top weird. I mean, the way he's interpreting all this is just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'll think of something to say about it after we play the clip. Joining us now are Eddie Glaude, chair of the Department of African American Studies at Princeton University, and Jamel Bowie, New York Times opinion columnist and co-host of the Unclear and Present Danger podcast. Thank you both for joining me tonight. Professor... How do you square what Carlson and Fox News have done to America mm -hmm. with his very clear acknowledgement that hate is cancerous when it comes to himself and his own body? It's almost a kind of distillation 
of the work that mobs do in attacking scapegoats. So imagine the people who participate in a lynching. Imagine them individually as persons who think of themselves as decent. Mm -hmm. But getting caught up in the frenzy of the mob and suddenly find themselves bloodthirsty. Mm -hmm. And the scapegoat, remember, works as a way to consolidate a sense of fragmented identity. That's too academic. What do I mean? <laughs> when there's a sense in which people feel a sense of terror and panic about who they are, when the incoherence of America makes itself known, there's a need for the scapegoat, mm -hmm. the violence of directed towards the other, whether it's black people, whether it's immigrants, whether it's gay people, whether it's women. women, right? So that scapegoat then becomes the basis for a sense of coherence, a sense of identity, a sense of community. And in the midst of the violence, there could be a tinge of guilt. Mm -hmm. But this is the workings of the mob, and the mob does what it does. You might have to go back and listen to this again, but what this guy is describing is what Democrats do. Think of, I mean, I, we're going to go back in the Wayback Machine a little bit, but back before Jordan Peterson was a thing, okay, and he was at, uh, he was a professor in Canada, and he refused to use the pronouns that, uh, that students were trying to force him to use. They were trying to force him to use a particular kind of speech that wasn't really legitimate speech. And Jordan Peterson put, pushed back on this. And when he did, a mob gathered. And they demanded that Jordan Peterson be fired from the university. And, I mean, it was, it was a mob, just like exactly like this guy is describing. And you had all these uh, people with their self-important identity and just self-assuredness gather together as, as a single force and, and, and try to force Jordan Peterson out of his job. And this guy just described what Democrats do. You see it on Twitter. If somebody says something a little bit off on Twitter, man, the Twitter mob just comes out of nowhere and they're just uh, they're they're outing people. Well, they used to. They don't, I don't think they can do that anymore. You know, they're doxing people. They're um, figuring out where they live and protesting in their at their house and all this stuff. He just described what Democrats do. That's what he did right there. And it doesn't have anything to do with what's going on with Tucker Carlson. And then what she said, it's just weird how they frame this. They frame it like they're talking about themselves. But then they sprinkle in some Tucker Carlson and Fox News. She said that, uh, look at what Tucker Carlson and Fox News has done to America. What? What is she talking about? I guess what she's saying is T uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News have been fomenting white supremacy at Fox. And look what it's done to America. Are you kidding me? Every time I turn on MSNBC or CNN, they're talking about race. They're obsessed with it. They're the ones that have been fomenting race hate. It, it's just, it, it's amazing, you know, when you listen to these people talk. I, I don't know. I, it's like there's no self-awareness whatsoever. 
I, I, but I do want to place him as a figure in history, though, Professor, because he represents so much of the inheritance of, of, <laughs> of America on the topic of race, right? This idea of white nobility and white gentility has been used since slavery times mm -hmm. to justify violence against against people of color. And Tucker Carlson is no different in that attitude than white people were in the 1700s. And I think it shouldn't be shocking, but it remains shocking to me. And I think it's worthy of calling it out when we see it. The idea that the day after January 6th, right. when a largely white mob attacks the Capitol, and this man is drawing a line saying, this isn't how white people fight. Well, yesterday, the day before he wrote that text, we saw how white people fought. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the past is never past, that's Falkland. Was, was never was. And so what do we see? Uh, we see this kind of through line. Uh, we can trace the great replacement theory back to 1790, the first Immigration Act, which establishes access to US citizenship for white people only, when whiteness hasn't even been consolidated as a category. Immigration law shows us this. Take us back to 1919 with Madison Grant's book, The Passing of the White Race. 1920, Lothrop Stoddard's book, you know, The Rising Tide of Color Against white, the World White Supremacy, right? And then how that's connected to the French writers of Renaud Camus, who writes The Great Replacement. And before him, that's 2012, before him, uh, Jean Raspel, you know, The Camp of Saints, that's 1973. All of this stuff around whiteness has everything to do with the tricky magic necessary right, to maintain this illusion mm -hmm. that somehow white people carry with them a sense of superiority, which means that they should be valued more than others. Yes. And Tucker Carlson sits in that sweet spot and Fox exploits it. Again, you know, these Democrats are the ones that are obsessed with race. They're the ones that are always bringing this stuff up and see this through line that runs through every little thing that happens politically in our country. You know, I, I guess that's what studying African-American studies does to you. You know, it, it just teaches you, it trains your mind to see every problem as a problem between races. I mean, look, we, in my opinion, this is, a non-problem in America. Are there, I'm not saying it doesn't exist at all, but the overwhelming majority of interactions between people of color and white people are, I don't know, they're, they're just normal interactions. They're not, um, they're not, well, I don't know. They're, they're just normal. I mean, I go like when I go to the grocery store and I see a black person or a Hispanic person, I talk to them. I strike up a conversation with them. I don't sit there and try to give off some sort of air that I'm superior or whatever the hell he said. I mean, that just doesn't happen. I, I don't, I just don't see it. And yet they see it everywhere. And to me, this is fundamentally not the problem in America. The problem in America is that the government is constantly chipping away at our liberty, at our property, at our productivity, our ability to provide ourselves with the life that we want for ourselves and our family. That's the problem in America. It's, it's not these other things. 
And man, I hope nobody, you know, hopefully you're not falling for this framing. Uh, I don't think any of my listeners are falling for this framing, but we've really got to get off of this. I mean, you know, again, it has nothing to do with Tucker's firing. It has nothing to do with Tucker's success. You know, Tucker didn't come on TV every night and blow a dog whistle, you know, to people that were listening for, you know, racial evidence or whatever, whatever they're trying to say. That's not, again, that's not what he was doing. What he's doing is he's saying, F you establishment. The, the, this country belongs to the people, not the politicians. It belongs to us. It's our birthright. It doesn't belong to you, and you have no right to exploit us uh, and use the political system to do so. That's not constitutional. And we don't, we don't, we don't want it anymore. We're not going to have it anymore. So either stop it, or step aside and let somebody else lead. I mean, that's the message Tucker's giving. That's the message Trump is giving. Albeit not very articulate and kind of stupid, that's what he's saying. I am looking out for you. I believe in you. Right? That's not what these Democrats are saying. Um, so, yeah, so this is... You know, it, it's easier to do all the stuff the Democrats are doing when you have so many media people in your camp. I mean, you can just pound that message every single day. It's just propaganda, nonstop propaganda. Well, look, I hope you've enjoyed this. Hopefully, I, I don't know, it made you think about it a little bit differently. Um, we kind of went off in some different tangents here, but I think this is this is a real challenge in our country is to... How do we find out what the heck is going on when so many people are lying to us, right? And uh, I think Tucker was one of the few people that was telling the truth. And I think he's going to land on his feet. He's probably going to make a ton of money. And it's all because he's fearless and he's willing to stand up for what he believes in. And he's he's not going to just take a quick buck, Um and, and sacrifice his principles. And we all need more of that. <laughs>